Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the QuickBook Reviews podcast. Brighten your day with a book. Hello, my fellow bookworms. This is Philippa from QuickBook Reviews. How are you all? I am well, although slightly embarrassed. Um, So I was going out for my usual morning run and I do always like to go when it's dark so no one can see me. And my usual running stuff was in the wash. So I thought, no, it's fine. Nobody's going to see me. It doesn't matter what I wear. So I had on a selection of items that weren't exactly flattering to the figure and an array of mismatching colours. And I was just glad, as I say, it was in the dark. Now, uh, I was nearly home and came across, unfortunately, an accident. Now, nobody was hurt. Everything was fine. But it did involve me standing there for an hour and a half uh, while waiting for the ambulance and police and everything to get sorted um, with uh, uh, everybody driving past, slowing down, asking if I needed any help, which was so lovely and kind. But by this time, the darkness had gone and the sun was shining and everyone could see it. I had this massive spot on my face and I just stood there going, oh no, thank you very much, everything's fine. Oh, I just thought, no, why of all the days? Any other day, I wear might wear something that vaguely matches, vaguely doesn't look quite as embarrassing. Don't have a massive spot on my face, but trust me, the one day. Anyway, never mind. Everyone was fine, though, apart from, yeah, my embarrassment, frankly. But I have some great books to talk to you about. Oh, there have been some corkers that I've been reading lately, and I'm really excited to talk to you about them. And the first book is by Simon Koenig, and this uh, book is called Die Alone. I'm sure you've heard of Simon Koenig before. He's written lots of thrillers, some standalone, some as part of a series. Um, he's been writing them for a long time and they're always page turners, I would say, very pacey. Um, I personally, I have been ever so slightly disappointed with some of Simon Koenig's recent books, but this one I thought was just a game changer. I loved it and it's one I would certainly recommend. It's again very pacey. You, you just caught up in what's happening and believable, which is always good. And even though it's continuing a series and I hadn't read the previous one, I didn't feel like that was an issue at all. Um, any explanations that I needed were provided in the story and it just carried you along. So it was great. Um, so the premise of this is uh, Alistair Sheridan has it all. Wealth, 
good looks, a beautiful wife and children, and in the chaotic world of British politics, a real chance of becoming Prime Minister. But Alistair also has a secret. He's a serial killer with a taste for young women. Only a handful of people know what kind of monster he is, and disgraced detective Ray Mason is one of them. Awaiting trial for murder, Ray is unexpectedly broken free by armed men and given an offer, assassinate Alistair Sheridan and begin a new life abroad with a new identity. The men claim to be from MI6. They say that Sheridan is a threat to national security and needs to be neutralised. Ray knows that they are not who they say they are and that their real motives are far darker. The only person Ray trusts is ex-cop and former lover Tina Boyd, who's keen to settle her own scores with Sheridan. With enemies on every side, only one thing is certain. No one wants them to get out alive. Hence the title, Die Alone. Um, it's got a lovely colour, cover, um, very eerie night with a car driving through a, a forest wooded area, a public figure, loyal husband, serial killer. So I think that gives you an, uh, an idea of what's involved. Um, if you like any sort of thriller that moves along quickly, where there are strong characters, then I think you would really enjoy this one. It's basically about how good people might be perceived by some to be bad and bad people might be perceived by some to be good and how that just complicates everything so you you know you think you're rooting for the right person is it are you actually supporting the right person um, and if you are will they win in the end uh, it does have a conclusion but I don't want to say what that conclusion is. So, again, uh, some of the books, uh, certainly one I read recently, it di I didn't feel that there was enough of a reward for finishing that book, that it was just setting the scene for the next book in the series. This one, absolutely not. I felt um, the, the story fulfilled me. I was caught up in the adrenaline rush of the highs and lows of the story, but also really pleased with how it ended. Um, it's certainly one for you if you like the implications of the wrong people being in government and the good guys trying to stop them, but can they actually manage it? Really got some twists and turns. And uh, yeah, I think I'd really commend that to you. I should point out that the book isn't available yet, but it will be very soon. It's due to be published on the 28th of November, so not long to go. You could get your order in now if you want to. Simon Koenig is the only author my husband likes. He's not a big reader, but he loves Simon Koenig's books. And when he heard I got the offer of uh, interviewing the author, he immediately said I should change my entire podcast strategy which is not to do author interviews, but have something a bit different, just some light chat, and that I should immediately start doing author interviews, particularly with Simon Koenig. So there we go. I haven't done that, but I just think it's a, it's a good book. It's coming out in time for Christmas. So if you're looking for something to buy, somebody who enjoys a good thriller um, and wondering what a good Christmas present would be, Die Alone, I think, would be a great one. So that's Simon Koenig's Die Alone, and that's out the 28th of November. So the next book I want to talk to you about is written by Ellie Griffiths. Ellie has written a couple of different series, and I'm particularly interested in the series called uh, The Dr. Ruth Galloway Mysteries. 
Um, you can get quite a few of them now. And I managed to get a box that had, I think, the first 10 books in the series. So don't think that you have to buy them all individually. Um, it is possible to get some deals out there. I've also listened to this one on audiobook as well. So I can talk to you about the paperback version and the audiobook version too. So this book was the second in the series and it's called The Janus Stone. It's available in paperback. Um, and it continues the story of Ruth Galloway, who we met in the first book. So Dr. Ruth Galloway, she's a forensic archaeologist. And in this story, she's called in when some builders who are involved in demolishing a Victorian house in Norwich uh, find the skeleton of a child without the skull. And it's really a case of, you know, is this a ritual sacrifice or is it murder? How sinister is it? What's the story of this children's home and the pressure of the builders wanting to get on and uh, demolish the structure and get on with their new building? Um, we've got the character coming back from the first one, DCI Harry Nelson, who started to form a relationship with... Uh, Ruth, I keep thinking I'm going to say Ellie Griffiths, but no, Philippa, Ellie Griffiths is the author. Dr. Ruth Galloway is the character. But he started to form a friendship with Ruth in the first book and he he's in this again. And it's very interesting to see how their relationship changes. I don't say too much about, about that to give any games away, um, but it, it is a very interesting one. I did enjoy that. Uh, but he finds the priest who used to run the children's home and the priest tells DCI Harry Nelson that there were two children uh, who went missing 40 years ago, a boy and a girl, and they were never found. So it, obviously the conclusion is it's something to do with these two children. But there is someone who's really trying to stop both Ruth and Nelson from continuing to discover who the victim was and who... Uh, the perpetrator of the crime might be. Um, so it's supposed to be a long forgotten crime, but it's right uh, happening right now. And the threats are there right now. So again, this one is really pacey. There's not just Harry Nelson. There's a couple of other male characters. And I also enjoyed reading and hearing in the narration version about how these different men interacted with Ruth Galloway and how those friendships change uh, and what happens and how Ruth uh, faces and deals with a challenging set of circumstances, shall we say, that she's presented with. It also covers on a uh, relationship with her and her parents. Uh, and it just moves her in a, in a whole nother category, really, from when we first came across Ruth Galloway. Um, I really enjoyed this. I'm going to keep reading them and listening to them. So I, as I say, I was reading the paperback, but I also listened to the audio version and I thought it was brilliant, brilliantly narrated. I can't talk today, sorry about that. Brilliantly narrated. And it does get very pacey at one point. You're very uh, unnerved by what might happen. There's this sort of sinister feeling and the narrator is just fantastic at delivering that that tension and keeping you want to listen but rooting that everything's all right <gasps> what's going to happen with your favorite characters will everything be okay it's a super one so if you like crime books if you're interested in archaeology um, and if you like a series then hey this this is for you 
So they're written by Ellie Griffiths. It's the Ruth Galloway series. But this was the second one, which is called The Janice Stone. And I'd really recommend that. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Although I did start thinking that I think I'm giving lower marks to audiobooks than if I were to read that story in a printed version. I don't know. We'll have to consider that further, I think. But it's interesting because when I would read a book on the Kindle, I would give it a lower mark because it didn't, um, I suppose it didn't really sort of hit all the buttons for me. I would take the story on, but I wouldn't enjoy it and I wouldn't get caught up in it as much as I would unless it was printed. And I think with some of the audiobooks I've reviewed in the past, the same is true. I certainly wouldn't say it of the the Janistone, um, but it's what got me thinking that maybe I have been unfair and should apologise to all authors that I have previously reviewed their audiobook. But it's a great story and you've got a good narrator as well. So really commend that one. Now, we come on to a non-fiction book, ladies and gentlemen, because this is November and one of the themes that um, book bloggers are doing uh, is non-fiction November. So I wanted to throw a book in for you, but one that hopefully quite a few of you would find useful. So the book I've chosen is for all you dog lovers out there, and it's called Easy Peasy Puppy Squeezy. Uh, It's by Steve Mann, who's the founder of the Institute of Modern Dog Trainers, and it's your simple step-by-step guide to raising and training a happy puppy. Now, let's talk about my experience of puppies. So I have my wonderful dog. She's five now. Um, Gracie but when she was a puppy I took her to puppy training classes because I thought that's the thing to do and I also ordered a wide range an extensive range you could say of books on the subject so I read all the books well no let's let's be honest I looked at the cover of all the books that I'd ordered and paid for and they were really quite stodgy they didn't seem to apply to my dog and I just I've still got them but I just I didn't really make as much use of them as I thought I would I was quite disappointed with some of them and then we went to the dog obedience classes now while we were there in the classes Gracie was a star pupil. She was always getting rewarded. She was always getting praised. She did everything that she was asked of. And just to credit myself as well, we did do the homework during the week. So when we went for the next class, we were performing very well. Um, But yeah, she was so good. She did everything. And then the class finished and they said, well, there's an advanced one. Do you want to do that? And I thought, oh, shall I? I said, well, no, I'll just give it a few weeks and see how we get on. Oh, she's so good. She should do the next one. Yeah, well, I'll just give it a few weeks. From the minute we left that last class, Gracie then decided that that was enough. Thank you very much of doing anything that she was told to. And from that point on, she has told us exactly what we're to do when she wants to go for a walk, when she wants to be fed, which is all the time, um, where she wants to sit. You know, if you want to sit and work, no, 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 sorry. No, she wants to sit on you. Um, If you're trying to put clothes away, no, she wants to sit on the clothes, particularly if they're clean clothes. That's very good. Uh, If you're trying to get her to keep quiet, she will start barking. Um, I mean, she's fabulous. We love her, love her so much. But that it just shows that going to these classes just completely failed for me. She really paid attention to me during those weeks. 
it wasn't just at the actual dog classes. It was all those weeks. She was so good. She did exactly what I asked of her. And then literally, it was when we got home that day after the last class, it all went wrong. No, not listening to me ever again. So clearly my authority is lacking. Never mind. Now, what I wished I'd had is a copy of this book. It does sound like I'm doing a sales pitch, but I just think it's a brilliant book. And for anybody that's getting a puppy or got a dog already and not sure what to do, I would suggest that they have a look at this book. First of all, it's easy to read. Folks, we've got big writing and I like that because it means you get through pages, you feel a sense of achievement and you don't get lost in something that feels a very technical guide. Uh, it's got photos in as well, which we like, of Steve with different dogs and just giving examples on types of behaviour. It's broken down into simple chapters as well, which is great. So it talks about his training philosophy, the basics of getting a puppy and what you need to know, how to do toilet training, their body language, sitting, socialising, all sorts of things like that. Eye contact, loose lead walking, recall. Recall? Now, my dog, Gracie, does not understand recall unless I'm holding an item of food in my hand. So I can be calling her from five centimetres away. No, sorry, can't hear you, too asleep. I could open a bag of crisps from three miles away and she'll be there straight away. So, yeah, recall uh, with Gracie is certainly a problem. And from reading this, I can see where I've gone wrong. Well, it's probably obvious where I've gone wrong in some respects, but it's putting it into practice and getting it to work. And there's just some really helpful tips and hints that I'm going to be implementing I'm not sure Gracie's going to be happy about that. She's probably going to try and hide this book. But also, I know someone who's getting a puppy soon, and I thought I'm going to buy them a copy of this because I think it would be something really good for them to read. And just, you want a happy puppy, don't you? You don't want to just be laying down the law and lots of discipline and a dog that's scared. It's how to um, bring them up, how to raise them, how to discipline them with love. And I, that's what comes across in this book. Really good, simple skills that you can easily apply, um, but also more detail, you know, so you can take a little bit or a lot from each chapter. And it's one that you can go back into. I can imagine uh, dog owners who've had this book, have the book well-thumbed, have used a lot of the different pages. I just thought it was great. Um, I, I should read the blurb for you. So my name's Steve Mann and I've been a professional dog trainer and behaviourist for over 30 years. As founder of the Institute of Modern Dog Trainers, I've helped transform the lives of over 100,000 dogs and their families and now I want to help you too. Whether you're living with a brand new puppy or an adult dog or rescue dog, my methods will give you everything you need to know using simple, proven, science-based and ethical techniques. I'll show you how to have the best relationship with your pup, as well as teach you how to get super fast recalls, <clears throat> great loose lead walking, perfect manners and much, much more. I promise it is really easy peasy and every tip, trick and lesson will bring you and your puppy closer together. I'll see you on the other side. Enjoy, Steve Mann. I think that's great. That just shows, I think that puts it into a nutshell of what you get from this book um, and anything to help make getting a puppy easier because it is a huge change. Uh, I think it's got to be good. So that's Easy Peasy Puppy Squeezy by Steve Mann. Now, before I go on to a listener's question, I have something very different to talk to you about. 
Now, you know, I've talked in the past about literary festivals and how exciting they are to go to. I've been to quite a few now um, and I've got another one coming up the end of this month. It's the Hay Winter Festival. So I'm really looking forward to that. And of course, I'll tell you all about the different authors that we met and what happened and the yummy food we ate and what books I might have bought. Oops. But there is a way to uh, attend, experience a festival without having to uh, go somewhere. And for a lot of us, it is a problem. You might have work, family commitments. Uh, often you have to travel quite a distance to these festivals. They are expensive, time consuming. So if you want to just see what it's like, hear different authors speaking, but you haven't got the time or the resources to get yourself there, have no fear because there is now a festival that can come to you. So it's called My VLF, My Virtual Literary Festival, myvlf.com. If you go there, you can join, you can sign up for free and every now and then they have a new festival coming up. You can access previous ones and there's one coming up on November the 23rd where they've got lots of fantastic authors speaking. You've got um, Mark Billingham, for heaven's sake. I mean, Mark Billingham is a brilliant crime writer. Absolutely fantastic. The fact that he's there uh, is, and going to be speaking is just wonderful. You've got Rachel Abbott. My goodness, you've got lots of different authors. And you can also watch previous ones and see people like Liz Fenwick, Peter James, uh, Barbara Erskine, all sorts talk about their books and so when it comes to the time when it comes to November the 23rd when it's the next literary festival you go onto your computer and you can sit there and you get to hear and see the authors deliver their talk there's a chat room that you can go to you can get information on the books um, you can there's a cafe that you can go and sort of sit in a virtual cafe and meet fellow readers and view the latest book news there's, there's an exhibition hall so there's publisher author stands you can see information about latest book releases all sorts of things um, and there's a, a book bag so you can save books to your book bag as well honestly I they thought of everything I think and it, it just shows that you don't you don't have to miss out you can get access to authors in in this way yes it's different in that you're not actually sitting there face to face with the author but you are sitting in front of the author and you've got access to a festival without any cost and without having having to move so if your days are busy or if you've just got time constraints and you can't get to a festival then I think it's worth trying this I, I really do and also, frankly, if you just want to sit about in your pyjamas and eat chocolate and listen to this from your own sofa, then you can do that as well. Perfect. So it's coming up on the 23rd of November. Let's go through who, which authors are speaking. We've got Liz Earle, Rachel Abbott, Mark Billingham, uh, Fiona Valpy, Sheila O'Flanagan, Carmel Harrington, Craig Martell, Bella Andre. Uh, they're also doing uh, their Book Blogger Awards sadly i'm not on it i'll try not to cry too much but never mind um so you can get to find out about other book bloggers and who you might find interesting and they might have their own recommendations as well for you to follow so there's a lot in that day um and it starts at let me just check it starts at 10 a.m and each hour you get another author to listen to but if you miss that don't worry because you can just log on another time and go back and uh, listen to the authors and catch up with all the the book talk about it so just something to have a think about so 
let's just have a bit of a recap. We've got Simon Koenig, Die Alone. That's out at the end of November. We've got Ellie Griffiths, The Janice Stone. It's out now. Paperback, audiobook, both are brilliant. You've got for non-fiction November, Easy Peasy Puppy Squeezy by Steve Mann. And if you're looking for a literature festival but can't or won't go to one, then one can come to you, myvlf.com. Uh, well worth while having a look at. So I think that's everything. Oh, hang on. I've got my listener's question. Let me have a look at this. Doug, thank you very much for your question. How long do I give a book until I give up on it? Oh, that's a good one. Well, I'm very fortunate, Doug, that I don't tend to pick up books that are not going to work for me because I get to, you know, find out quite a bit about the book before I pick it up, the author. So I've got an idea about whether it's the book for me. So it's it's unusual that I get a book that I don't enjoy. And if I do, it's probably one that I'm reading for book club and I want to finish that anyway to, to be able to talk to everyone. And if I am struggling with that, then I probably will get the audio book. So I listen to it on the go. And I think if you just get able to get through a book quicker, it uh, it doesn't feel as hard work, if that makes sense. So to answer your question, it doesn't happen much. But if it did, if the first page was something that I really didn't like, maybe it was a subject that I felt very uncomfortable with, I would stop there. If it's a book that I, I'm keen to read, then I will give it longer, maybe read a quarter of it. I, I won't read much more than that, but it's very rare that I give up on a book. More likely, I'm just going to sort of try and fast forward to the end. So I've, I've, I know the story, I know what happened, but I've not wasted my time. That's a terrible thing to say, but there's so many amazing books out there to read and I want to read them. I don't want to spend my time reading a book that I'm not going to enjoy. And also, I don't think it's fair to the author because I could give them a, a poorer mark just because I've got caught up in the pain of having to finish a book I didn't want to. Uh, and I don't really think that's fair to them. So that's the answer to my question. I'm going to be back again soon. I've got some very interesting books to talk to you about. Some, oh my goodness, there's some brilliant ones. Can't wait, uh, but I won't say any more. I will see you again soon. You take care, read lots of brilliant books and we'll be in touch soon. Take care now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Quick Book Reviews podcast. That's enough books, said no one, ever. See you again soon. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 